Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about working effectively with project managers with the help of special guest Brent Stevens of Jackson Design and Remodeling in San Diego, California. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Fowler, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. There are many different ways to structure a production department uh, in the remodeling world. Uh, back when I got into it, the lead carpenter system was the hot thing, and I became kind of a spokesperson for that. And I still talk about it in a, uh, many, many different ways, different places around the country. Uh, about the late 90s and early 2000s, we started seeing a huge rise in the economy. Projects got bigger. Companies got bigger. More jobs were being produced. And to be quite frankly honest about it, Companies couldn't find really good lead carpenters, or at least not enough of them. And so project management became more of a standard operation for production in companies. Now, many of us, including myself, kind of thought, isn't that like a commercial thing? That's not really a residential thing. And so we were afraid of it, to be quite honest with you. We were afraid maybe that our clients wouldn't feel like we were taking good care of them. We were afraid maybe that our subs would take advantage of us. There was all kinds of things uh, going on, and we just resisted it. Many companies didn't, and they were companies that, as they were growing, they started putting this uh, system into place. So Brent and his team at Jackson Design and Remodeling in San Diego, California, have made it work, and there's no other good way to say it. They made it work and it works amazingly well. So they managed last year a little over $19 million worth of work covering 115 jobs during the year and all with project managers and then the trades that they get in and out of the, uh, the, business, the family's homes. So what's important to understand is that as the volume of work grows, this is almost a required step. So if you're looking for growth in your business in some way and you're getting to that point where it's really hard to find those on-site managers that work with their tools and so forth like that, this will be great information if you're looking to move into the future, so to speak. So finding good help can be very difficult, but finding enough people to manage individual jobs and do the work for large volumes is, quite frankly, unrealistic. So I'm looking forward to being able to chat with Brent here, find out what makes it work for him, and maybe we'll all learn something in the process. And Tim, is this a make or break decision as a company starting? I mean, you know, fork in the road, how do you find your way to one or the other, working with project managers or the lead carpenter system? I think in general, it is a it should be a conscious decision, but from my experience with companies, it tends to be, uh, how does it work? In other words, we're, we're, we're cruising along out on the job site working, and then we realize we can't do it all ourselves, so we hire some people, and hopefully they can manage some jobs for us, and then when we realize that those four people can't do it, we go like, oh, maybe I'll do project management. So I think it's much better as a plan 
decision as opposed to, oh my goodness, now we're stuck. How do we make this work? Yeah. So I, I, but I see that more common than not. Awesome. Well, without further ado, let's get started here. Brent Stevens, production manager at J- Jackson Design and Remodeling in San Diego, has oversight of all production, purchasing, estimating, warranty, field work, and painting departments. Brent also helps guide the interior design and architectural departments with operational support, constructability reviews, and advice. Brent is a part of the JDR, which is short for Jackson Design Remodeling Leadership Team, a nine-member board that helps guide the company. In addition, Brent builds the main construction schedule for each remodel project and reviews most projects with sales prior to presentation to ensure proper construction and pricing methods are adhered to. JDR has nine project managers, three purchasing estimating staff, five field support staff, five carpenters, and seven painters. Partridge and a pear tree in there somewhere. Brent spent (laughs) eight years in the U.S. Air Force and is a Gulf War era veteran. Brent, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Nice to talk to you. All right. So let's just start at the beginning of this thing and um, talk a little bit about who you're trying to hire for these positions. There's must be a lot of responsibility and a lot of, uh, and maybe, maybe let's start with this. Let's start with what do they do? And then how do you hire for that position? Well, first, after listening to Steve read that description, now I'm tired. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Holy crap. But um, no, we hire, um, what your question is, what, what do they do? What do they do? What is their role? Well, project management in residential remodel construction, um, those guys wear a lot of hats. Um, They're the scheduling guru. They're the guy that gets the subcontractors on site. They're the guys that, you know, let the inform the homeowners what's happening. They frequently act as psychotherapists and dog sitters (laughs) and marriage counselors and, and everything else through the entire process. A day-to-day operation of a JDR um, project manager. He comes into the office usually early in the morning, gets some paperwork done, makes some phone calls and sends some emails, and then he hits the road, um, travels to all of his various projects um, anywhere they are in the county. Um, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of windshield time. And in San Diego, like in a lot of big cities, traffic uh, is an issue. So I try to assign them by territory so they spend their day in one little section of the county versus running all over hell and gone. Um, So how many, how many jobs are they responsible for at any given time? It may vary, but what, what seems to be the average? Average, average number of projects these guys run is between eight and 12, all in various stages of construction. Some maybe are just getting ready to start. Some are finishing up, but there's usually, you know, seven or eight of them in the, right in the thick of all of it going on. So that's why you, I keep them originally assigned. Yeah. What, what, um, what are you looking for when you hire these people? It seems like an awful lot of multitasking going on. So how do you uh, find people that can take care of that many jobs at one time? Well, I'm looking for when I hire um, guys that have been there, done that, worked in the trades. Okay. I have found that um, experience is far more, more valuable than a formal education. Okay. That being able to think on your feet, problem solve, understand how construction works, 
and how part A fits into slot B with tab C and be able to figure out how to make that work, right? right. That's what a lot of what the project manager has to do. Um, again, it's all, it's all about experience. Just they've been there, done that, been decades in the, in the, in the trades and they know what, they know what it takes to make it work. So how are you find these people? Are they, uh, are you doing like newspaper ads or is there some other thing? I know there's no magic bullet. Say, do they still them. have newspapers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, we have advertised through all of the, um, traditional outlets, right? Okay. Um, but we find we honestly have the best luck um, posting employment ads on Craigslist. Wow, okay. is where we get the most responses. Um, yeah, so that and it, 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 we're able to hit the entire market. Um, we also reach out into neighboring counties. You know, people like myself are willing to you know drive well out uh, into the city. It takes me an hour to get to work. Some guys takes longer than that, right. um, but you know, you come to where the work is and that's in, in the city, but that's what gives us the broadest reach, uh, and where we get the most qualified applicants. You know, we've tried indeed, we've tried other search engines like that, and we haven't had the success we've had with Craigslist. Cool. So Brent, uh, on a daily basis, you have the project manager comes into the office, you know, handles the paperwork, emails, whatever, and then goes out to the uh, various projects. Who is handling the opening and closing of each project every day? Every project um, has a lockbox, and whoever is you know all of our all of our subcontractors. I hate using that word. I prefer to call yeah. them trade partners because that's what they are. Sure. All of yeah. our trade partners have the combination to that box. They can get the key, let themselves in, do the work, and lock up when they leave. I mean, we've got good policies in place to make sure that that happens. What I tell people is that your project manager will not be there all day, but he will be there every day. He's going to stop in, he's going to check, make sure things are happening the way they're supposed to, and then he's going to leave while the guys are there doing their work. So who who actually cleans the job site up? I know that's a big deal for everybody. And I know when I was, you know, had my doubts about whether this would work or not, that was the big fear that I heard from business owners all the time. How do I make sure that this house is locked up and or cleaned up? Because that's huge for customer service. Who, who does, who takes care of all that? We have um, pretty good policies in place for everyone cleans up after themselves at the end of the day. Okay. You know, I, I tell, I tell our trade partners, your mama don't work here. And my project <laughs> manager is not your mama. So you will clean up after yourself. Um, we provide on-site trash cans, brooms, uh, shop vacs. It's all there. Everything is there for them to use to clean up after themselves. And if I have to send one of my project managers there to clean up because they didn't, I bill them for that time, uh, that work at $125 an hour. Wow. Okay. They so there is some. They usually there is, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there is some consequence to not, of course there is. not following through on, yeah. on something like that. So yes. how do... Um, how do you handle the communication piece? How, I mean, another, again, customer service is about a lot of different things, but one of the big things is communication and clients really knowing what's going on and feeling like somebody's in charge. How do your guys and gals uh, handle the communication with clients so that the client really feels like somebody cares? Well, communication channels are always um, wide open. 
Um, every client has their project manager's cell phone number and email address, and they have mine. Um, I also require each of my project managers provide a written email update to every client every single day. And it's usually fairly simple, a paragraph or two, they send them a note, hey, this is what happened today. This is what I expect to happen tomorrow. By the way, your dog got out, but I found him, put him <laughs> back in, and I locked the gate. You know, something that that's really, I have found that the best thing, the best way to describe it is a project manager is an expectation manager. And as long as they have set the expectations properly and then meet them every day, communication just flow. Well, that's a, that's a great observation. Um, and so when, when does the client get to hear from the project manager about uh, expectations? Because I know the client's been formulating expectations all through the sales process and they've been dreaming about this job that happens like on HDTV and, you know, all that stuff. And so when does the project manager get to set those expectations for the client? You mean we can't do a whole house remodel in a weekend for $3,000? <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe well, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. What are we doing wrong? Um, expectations, the client begins to form an expectation the first time they hear about your company. The first advertisement or commercial they see on TV, uh, the first time they hear somebody talk about it, they see one of your signs in a neighborhood, that's when their expectation begins to form. Um, their expectation is further cemented uh, with the first phone call when they talk to one of the young ladies that takes our phone calls. Uh, and then again, with the salespeople, their expectations are being set and moved and changed through the entire process. When they're first introduced to the project managers is typically at the pre-construction meeting um, on site. That is when I have a form that the project manager follows. It's a checklist. And they go through and they tell them what to expect. We're going to show up at about this time. We'll leave about this time. Um, this is where we're going to stage our materials. This is where there's going to be a dumpster and maybe a portable toilet. It's going to be over here in the driveway. We're going to need some space in the garage for some work area. Um, we're going to protect your home in this fashion. We're going to make sure it's broom clean at the end of every day. Um, we're going to have a lockbox. We're going to keep it locked up. And they're also trading uh, contact information as well. If there are two homeowners, if it's a couple, uh, who's the primary point of contact? And then we also have to know from this point forward, your project manager is your primary point of contact. Um, they have given his business card with uh, you know cell phone and, and email address. They also have mine. I try to make it to each of these meetings, but with this many projects running, it's, it, you know, there's only one of me. And that, that communication and expectation begins right there at that moment. Okay, cool. And, and I track, I track those daily communication emails um, and I log them. And if someone's not doing it, they hear about it. So that <laughs> is the most important part is that communication is if they don't, uh, if they don't know what's happening with their project, that's what makes them uncomfortable. If someone's telling them, Hey, this is what happened today and what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, their fears are alleviated because now they know what's going on. And you found that to be effective with uh, the email chain. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Oh. Brent, you mentioned the amount of jobs that uh, project manager is working on. Uh, we said eight to 12 at a time. Uh, how do they manage the trade partners and how many do they usually have to use at a given time and who's responsible for kind of starting that relationship the trade partners that we have uh, we've had for 
years. They get the majority of their work from us, the vast majority of their work uh, from us. Um, so, of course, they give us priority and they give us a little bit of uh, preferential treatment. Um, the project managers, I mean, we've all known all of these, uh, all of these guys for years. So we just pick up the phone and we call them. So you have multiple plumbers, multiple electricians. Yes. Yes. We, we yeah. have to. So I think one of the things that uh, is always important for personnel is how do you track success? What do you use as a measure that tells you Tim is succeeding, but pardon me, Steve, but Steve isn't, <laughs> uh, you, you know, how do you, Steve needs a tune up. <laughs> how do you, what do you, what kind of, uh, uh, guidelines do you use to measure that? And then maybe give us an example of how, if someone is slipping on one of those measurements, what would go into coaching them or training them and, and bringing them back up to, to where you need them to be? Well, I, I think that's probably pretty consistent with most companies, right? Is someone doing their work on time and within budget, both of which are easy to track, right? We all have a calendar and a calculator and it's easy to monitor because everything is already in writing, the budget's in writing for each category, right? And the calendar is the calendar. This is supposed to be done by this date. Those are easy to track. Those are the two most important um, statistics for anybody's remodel project, right? Is how much does it cost to me and are you done yet? Um, <laughs> I also, you know, we also closely monitor the client satisfaction, right? We frequently survey and we wanna know how do they feel about the experience that they're having um, with JDR, because that's the most important part. Are they getting the experience they were promised? Um, and so if someone I look is also after uh, all of my staff, I look after their uh, personal well-being as well. And that's just straight by asking them. I get to know them really well. And, and when I see some of them uh, are stressed, uh, um, there's something going on. I bring them in we sit down and we have a conversation and you know, what's going on, what's happening, what can I help you with? Oftentimes it's not even work related. It's something going on, you know, in the personal world. And, and maybe I can help them with that. I also meet with every single one of them right here in my office every week. And we go over budgets, we go over timelines, we go over uh, payments that are due. Um, we check on the uh, agenda, you know, how is it going out there and just simply have a conversation. How do you feel about this job? How is that client doing? Are you okay with that? Do you need help with anything? And if and, and my door is always open, and I'm quite literally always here, uh, if they need <laughs> something, they just come on in and we just, we just talk about it. So sounds like a lot of personal interaction with the team just to keep them, yeah. keep them focused, but also to make sure that, that whatever's going on in their personal life as well is in balance because I can, I've yeah. experienced it where stuff, from the personal life bleeds over into work and then work really suffers. And so sounds like you're doing, uh, doing. Yeah. And it's, it, that's unavoidable. Brent, you mentioned, uh, surveying the customers. How are you doing that? Uh, we use uh, guild quality and other third party surveys Great. to uh, go out there and, uh, particular questions are asked and answered. And then we get the results of those. Very cool. So uh, training and coaching, uh, do you do anything particular for training, I think, particularly for project managers other than your personal one-on-one -on -one conversations with them? Is there any kind of setup for training? 
Sure. Part of the onboarding process, you know, it is my expectation when I hire them, they already know how to do the job. They know how to run work or I wouldn't hire them to run work. Right. And the, the most training that they need, honestly, is on our systems, our procedures, our way of doing things, how JDR operates, how to be a Jackson Design Remodeling project manager versus somebody else's project manager. Right. That's where the most training you know, occurs. And that's fairly simple to do um, because remodeling is remodeling in the residential world, pretty much no matter who you do it for, if you're right. doing it right. It's right. a matter of just learning that company system. And I also um, train them and, and mentor them and coach them because I'm right there in the trenches with them. Okay. I mean, okay. I'm out there running two projects myself just to make sure I stay sharp. Really? Um, wow. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's just a matter of, of allowing them to see that and allowing them to see me here working. Um, I'm not just an empty office that you can never find me and I might answer the phone. Like I said, I'm quite literally always here. I'm the first one here and frequently the last one out at night. So they know that I'm here for them and I've got their back. And that's important. So is there any kind of a financial incentive for them to perform these jobs? This is a big topic, as you know, mm -hmm. all over like bonuses and profit sharing and all that kind of thing. And um, just so I'm kind of curious from the project manager standpoint, is there some kind of bonus structure or some kind of financial incentive, or is it more about just the culture that you have there at Jackson? Um, culture is super important here. Yeah. And we're, we hire very carefully. We don't want to import any, you know, bad mojo into the culture. Right. We've spent a lot of time and, and blood, sweat and tears creating and cultivating the culture that we have. Um, so I'd rather do the job myself than hire the wrong person. Um, financial incentive. These guys are all paid a, a very fair salary. They're all given a company car to drive with company gas, and a company phone. We provide them a nice uh, workstation to come to. Um, but as far as bonuses and other incentives, um, no, okay. not here. Um, I know some, some people operate where the project managers are commission-based or base plus commission. Um, and the only way that works, I think, is maybe in a smaller market where they can be involved from the very beginning in the sale of the project. But just the size of the territory that we cover uh, makes that very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult yeah. to do. So, so we we, the best way is salary. Okay. As we wrap things up here, Brent, what – what might be maybe one golden nugget that you could kind of give to the listeners to say, if you're going to go to a project manager model, or if you have one and you just want to make it better, what might be one little thing, if you focused on that, that would really help them uh, do a great job with it? Well, if they don't want to come spend a week with me in, you know, in a horrible <laughs> winter of San Diego, uh, um, communication. It's okay. absolutely paramount that they continuously communicate with their team right? and that the team communicates with the client. It has to be that way. The client has to feel that they're being listened to and they have to understand that there is somebody there on the other end of that text message or phone call or email. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Brent. I really appreciate yes, sir. it. Great. All right, Brent. Thanks so much. Thanks guys. Take care. So Tim, uh, what are you, what did you learn in you know coming from the lead carpenter system and 
getting to hear uh, Brent's side on the project management. I mean, there is a lot going on. on that. There's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and fortunately for me, I've actually gotten to visit with Brent in San Diego and they do have a very good system. And one of the reasons why he's on with us today is that they have a great system going on there. And I guess, the you know, there's a couple of things, but the big thing for me is it can be done. You know, this is just, uh, I went for years and years and years, like I shared in the intro, thinking, no, 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 no. You're, you're not going to have the customer service. You're not going to have this. It's not going to work. And it can be done. And so it is a very viable uh, system. I think uh, another thing that really touched home with me is this idea of um, asking the hot clients how they feel about the experience, because that's really what is critical to the client. It's not so much the nuts and bolts, but it's about the experience. And that if you train your project managers to think in terms of that, and they already have the nuts and bolts down, then it'll work. But if yeah. they're only concerned about the nuts and bolts, then yeah. you might have some problems. But I really like that, uh, that part of it. Great. Well, once again, another fantastic episode. Thank you once again to Brent. And thank you for listening to The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.